Shucky Ducky is the man from Queen. Oh, Shucky Ducky was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Welcome back. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Don't touch that dial because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. We want you to be informed and inspired about what we need to do in order to help make this a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Herman. Happy you know, tax day, buddy. Thank you. It ain't happy. <laughs> so just say, uh, you know, health and uh, continue working for the government up until the 24th of April. Well, I don't see any, uh, you know, we talk a lot about tax reform. The last time we had major yeah. tax reform was 1986. Eight. Yeah. Back then in divided government, actually, Ronald Reagan was the president. The Republicans had the Senate at the time. The Democrats had the House. But since then, uh, a lot of talk from both parties, but yep. nothing anywhere close. And, you know, it's sort of like uh, we've discussed about the issue of what would the Republicans replace the Obama health law with. They're not really behind any one plan. And I think the same thing can be said of both parties on when it comes to tax reform. They love to talk about it, but nobody's really taken a big step on it in the Congress. Oh, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, you know, John Linder championed the fair tax for probably since 1999 before he retired. He'd get some co-sponsors, never got over 100. They just didn't have the will to do it. It's going to have to come from a president yep. that wants to take the arrows and the bullets in the back and everything else. But, you know, I wrote a commentary today that's on HermanCain.com about Republicans need to go big, and I noticed that Chris, Chris, Chris Christie is trying to go big. What is he doing? Yeah, you know, well, two things are at work here. You know, we hadn't talked much about the New Jersey governor lately, and, and you know, I think some people probably almost forgot that he's uh, been talked about as a possible candidate for 2016 for president. He's up in New Hampshire this week doing a full bunch of events, town halls. You know, I was looking at his Facebook page yesterday. He's dropping by stores, you know, having lunch here and there. All the things that, to me, a candidate for the White House would do, he's been doing. Plus, he laid out a big plan yesterday on entitlement reform. And entitlement reform always sounds great. Well, you know, we got to do something to rein in the cost of Medicare yeah. and Social Security. But when you actually start getting in the details, usually what happens is all hell breaks loose, and it's not a winner for you because people don't want to talk about maybe raising the retirement age or means-testing benefits for those who make more money or even squeezing the yearly cost of living increase in order to save money uh, over uh, a long period of time. But he laid out a big plan to do exactly that on a number of fronts yesterday, and that tells me, I think, Herman, well, it tells me two things. One, you don't put together something like this just because because you want to go make a speech. Oh, you don't lay true. out something like this yeah. at St. Anselm's College in Manchester just because. And so it, it definitely tells me he's going to get into the race, and he'll be able to stand there and say, you know, look, I have this big plan. Because, let's face it, Herman, almost anybody can come up with the buzzwords to sound like a good candidate. Actually setting out details and doing something big, yeah, that's a little different because it's really easy to stand back and say, hey, you know what, Governor? Yeah, that's a ridiculous idea. You're going to penalize uh, the people who saved up and, and wanted to retire. Why should they be forced to wait until they're 69 to retire? Why, sh why shouldn't they be able to retire early at 62 and start getting their benefits? It's, it's easy to do that. It's a little harder to put something out there. Well, what I do like about him making the attempt, whether he gets the nomination or not, is that 
he puts the issue on the table of you got to do something and we can't just keep tinkering around the edges. So the fact that he at least is going to be talking about it in that regard, you know, I think that's not a bad thing. You know, look, uh, when it comes down, I always like to say there's, a, there's only three ways to do things here. You, one, you bring in more revenue, raise taxes. Two, you, uh, you cut spending, you reduce benefits or reduce the increase in benefits. Or three, you do a combination of the two. It's, it's pretty simple stuff, but politically it can be very, very difficult. I mean, just look, we got through the House and the Senate, the Senate last night, this plan on fixing what's known as the dock fix, this completely uh, uh, sort of uh, harebrained idea that came up 17 years ago that didn't work out and the Congress wanted to run away from it and spent 17 years kicking the can down the road on how to reform Medicare payments to doctors. They finally came up with a deal. Now, a lot of people don't like it. They say it's not perfect. For example, two of the no votes against it last night were from Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz said, well, I want broader, more meaningful entitlement reform. Heck, getting any entitlement reform through this place is difficult, let alone a gargantuan big thing like maybe what Governor Christie has offered here. In that case, you need both parties to do it at the same time. You see how controversial the Obama health law remains to this day. Reason one, it was a Democratic-only plan, and there was no buy-in for Republicans. So are we going to kick it down the field, down the road for 17 years before we finally wake up? You know, the only time I think that we'll actually do real dramatic entitlement reform will be when Medicare or Medicaid or Social Security are on the verge of collapse, because then you have to. But it would be nice to think that maybe in the interim you could find little ways to extend the life of the trust fund just by even sometimes nibbling around the edges can have a make a profound difference. That's why the president had opened himself up and some Republicans had raised the idea of this chained CPI to limit the yearly cost of living increases. Now, a lot of people don't like that. They say, hey, I worked all those years. I shouldn't have my benefits the, their increase slowed down because you want to save money for later. Or you shouldn't, hey, don't raise the early retirement age to 64. Don't raise the retirement age to 69. Don't means test benefits for older workers. But you know that those are the, some of the decisions. They're not, they don't taste very good politically. And if you're really going to do it, those are the kinds of things you're going to have to do. There's a reason they call Social Security the third rail of American politics. It's because often those people who try to find a way to fiddle with it, they do get burned. And that's sad because the wait until you're about to go off the cliff before people stop saying, well, what about me? What about mine? What about this? And see, if you go back to the plan that I believe it was uh, Representative Paul Ryan that talked about, I don't remember exactly when, they were, he was talking about a plan where if you're above the age of 55, you're not going to be hurt. You're not going to be changed. They wanted to restructure it for those people that are under 55. And people under 55 were saying, you know what? Uh, it'd be better than not changing it because at this rate, that's not going to be anything. They were going to have to restructure it. But so the challenge, Jamie, in my opinion, isn't the, as you know, the best, the biggest graveyard for good ideas is to send them to Washington, D.C., even the simplest ones. All right. But this is where leadership has got. To yeah, step it's up. where you have to have. I mean, yes. it's like we, we've talked about it for years. If you want tax reform. You got to have the pre a president who is willing not yep. only to fight for certain ideas, but to also accept a few from yeah. somebody else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the leadership. Here's what I want to try to get done. I know I'm going to get beat up, but I'm going to accept somebody else and this sort of thing. So you absolutely that's what it's going to take. Uh, I don't think a lot of people have heard about this uh, DEA situation. Yeah, this is a really interesting story because when you get down to it. Um, uh, that we, we heard a few weeks ago that there, there had been this internal review about sexual misconduct inside the Justice Department. The Inspector General had been looking at it and found that the DEA 
uh, had really, and the FBI for a while, had dragged their feet on turning over documented information to the inspector general. The inspector general told Congress yesterday, like, look, this is stuff that we should get pronto. And instead, we got jacked around. And what they found out was that there were these allegations about these agents who'd been down, deployed down in Colombia. Their job was to keep tabs on the drug cartels. Instead, they were having parties with hookers who were paid for by the drug cartels. So then you say, okay, well, what kind of penalties did these guys get for their behavior? And it turns out a couple of them, it was basically a slap on the wrist, uh, some maybe two days suspension, others up to about 10 days to 14 days. Right. And at this hearing yesterday with the uh, DEA chief, a lot of lawmakers, and we've seen this a number of times, Herman, and I'm really, I'm waiting now for Republicans to take the next step. They said to this woman who runs the DEA, well, why don't you fire these people? Well, I can't fire them. What do you mean you can't fire them? Well, civil service laws don't allow me to get involved at all. Well, can't you recommend a punishment? No, I can't recommend anything. I can't get involved at all. And what you, uh, you know, uh, again, I often have joked about this through the years. Uh, The only way to get fired in the federal government, even then it's not assured, is to commit murder. Even then it doesn't, it's, it's not a certainty. That's sad. And again, this hearing demonstrated just how difficult it is that even when you identify, and the VA situation has also shown it, even when you identify what you think is misconduct, wrongdoing, however you want to label it, it is not easy to separate that person from the federal workforce. You know, you can understand a little that you don't want a situation where somebody new comes in and says, okay, uh, 500 of you, you're out of here. You know, the, the old spoil system, and then you bring in your people. At the same time, I think there's a number of lawmakers that feel like the pendulum has swung much too far the other way, and that here's someone that wants to change things inside, and yet they're the head of the agency, and they can't even do anything about it. Now, at the same time, I think a number of lawmakers, and they called for this woman to resign as the head of the DEA, Michelle Linhart is her name, arguing that she's been there at the top for a number of years, hasn't cracked down enough, there should have been more done, there should have been a a feeling inside the agency that these people deserved more of a punishment. So, yeah, I I would look to see not only what happens in this case, but what's going to happen in the future down the line with Republicans now that they're in charge of both the House and Senate, will we see them try to modify any of these rules when it comes to federal civil service? They're going to have to, because if they don't, I mean, what sense does it make? Look, in the private sector, as the CEO, boom, gone. your leverage is you don't do your job, you're gone, you're out of here. Now, in some states, they make it a little bit more uh, difficult in terms of the documentation that you have to have, but that's the leverage that you have, okay? And this doesn't make any sense. They're going to have to pass legislation to undo some of these rules. And uh, like you said, they probably made the argument uh, when they were putting these rules in place, well, you don't want somebody to come in here because of an administrative change and 500 people go out the door and you bring in your other 500. That's working on the wrong problem. Now we see it at, the, we see it at DEA. What about also over at the VA? Didn't oh, the yeah. new head of the VA say the same thing, that, yep, we're going to make some major changes. Nobody's been fired. Some people have early retired, but that's about it. They're having a hearing right now in the House Veterans Committee on this. If you haven't read about it, Google this. There is a huge, gigantic cost overrun going on with the involvement of a the construction of a VA hospital facility out in Colorado. I think it's Aurora, Colorado, in the mm-hmm. Denver suburbs. And they're talking about a cost overrun of maybe a billion dollars, if you can imagine that. And they're having a hearing on that today. And it's the same thing that you hear from lawmakers. Wait a second. 
this 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 program is way out of balance. All these crazy things are happening, and nobody gets fired. Nobody gets any kind of punishment for allowing this to occur. And you're absolutely right, Herman. I think there are a lot of people who come from the private sector that say, you know what, if I was the boss, this wouldn't stand. Yeah. Well, the story about the overruns out in uh, Colorado, like you said, yeah, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and it's crazy. And like you said, nobody gets fired. I believe that when you look at the waste, when you look at uh, some of these rules that are being pushed down, when you look at some of these agencies wanting more money, I think that the public is going to become more and more aware, and uh, the Republican-led Congress is going to, even if Obama doesn't sign it, they've got to tee it up. They've got the chance. We'll see if they do it. They've got to tee it up. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you tomorrow, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Herman Cain on the radio every day. Herman Cain on demand at HermanCain.com. Click click on Cain 24-7. By the way, coming up rapid fire, but did I mention that we're going to be doing a live show at the University of Georgia tonight at 6 p.m. on campus? Be there if you're in the area.